to Popcorn for Dinner. This is Jeff. And Kelly. Week four of our movie phone game has taken <laughs> us uh, in the predictable route of... Uh, of unpredictability? Uh, uh, yeah, of complete unpredictability. <laughs> um, <clears throat> starting, of course, with uh, The Princess Diaries, a movie that you saw a bunch mm-hmm. when you were younger, mm-hmm. and the first starring role of one Anne Hathaway, mm-hmm. uh, followed by my response of Halloween, which yep. <laughs> uh, made the littlest bit of sense because it was Jamie Lee Curtis's first movie role. Yeah. Uh, and uh, was the first Halloween movie that I saw as a kid, one of my favorites, mm-hmm. which then leads to a uh, more direct route of <laughs> the first Halloween movie you ever saw. Mm-hmm. Uh, so your response was Halloween H2O, obviously. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And obviously, then... that was the first one I saw. <laughs> um, and uh, which brings us back to me mm-hmm. and what my response to Halloween. Halloween H2O would be. Uh, and I, w- I was thinking about it. You know, there's there's a bunch of people in that movie that you could, you know, mm-hmm. look for like a role or mm-hmm. something like that. Like, oh, another movie with LL Cool J or another <laughs> movie with Josh Hartnett or Michelle Williams or fucking Jamie Lee Curtis or yeah, yeah. Uh, Adam Ark and all these people. Uh, but what I wound up going with, I was like, let's see, because I really didn't look into it much before. Uh, and I never could have told you who it was if you had asked me, like, who directed <laughs> Halloween H2O? Like, I would have been like, oh, God, I don't, I don't remember. Some guy. <laughs> some guy. Uh, so I was like, all right, let's uh, let's look into that. Let's see. Mm. Let's try to find a connection there. And uh, there were other movies that uh, that at least, you know, followed a similar route to, uh, to Halloween because he did do... Uh, Friday the 13th, mm. part two and three. Okay. Uh, he also did, uh, the year after Halloween H2O, he did Lake Placid, that okay. one with the big crocodile with Bill Pullman and all that junk. Uh, and I was honestly looking into that at first because I'd seen it before and I was like, ooh, <laughs> but it, it wasn't available anywhere. And I was like, well, this one is. And this is such a like a wild turn yeah. that I was like, okay, I kind of want to do that. And then, of course, it somehow winds up being not that wild of a turn mm-hmm. by the time the movie sort of rolls around to what it's getting at, mm-hmm. uh, which is so funny to me. Uh, there's a note very specific in there about like, oh, this isn't actually all that far removed, I guess. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's got yeah. a little sort of uh, similarities there. Yeah. Uh, but uh, the movie that we are talking about for this week is... <laughs> God, oh man, this fucking movie. I'd never <laughs> seen it before. I'd seen the like poster and the video cover of it before. And like, as soon as you look at it, you're like, okay, yeah, I know what that movie is. You mm. know, it's, it's super basic and super like, yeah. it, but, but it also somehow winds up being completely fucking crazy at the same time. So I'm kind of glad that we watched it. <laughs> yeah, I I hadn't even heard of it. Oh, man. So <laughs> I had no idea. I mean, I had some idea what yeah, I was getting into. I mean, into. Like, like I said, if you, you just look at the fucking <laughs> poster yeah. for it and you're like, okay, yeah, no, I got mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Uh, but the movie that we're talking about for this week is the 1996 American black comedy film, Big Bully. Now, black comedy comes as a surprise to me. Yeah. Uh, Not that it doesn't necessarily fit, because towards the end, it sort of really does. Yeah, it does. Uh, It's just that, like, the first hour Mm -hmm. is not at all. No. It's like baby town frolics kind of shit. You know what I mean? Like, it is, it is, it's weak sauce. Yeah. I'll throw that out. It's like straight kids comedy. Oh, yeah. It's like straight kids comedy, but it's adults doing it. So it's like somehow it's another level removed from funny Mm -hmm. (laughs) where it's like maybe if kids were doing something this stupid, but... These are these are grown men. Yeah. Uh, grown men that uh, at least one of them I admire. Right. <laughs> and it feels weird. I mean, honestly, I don't know if you can get a more polarizing duo <laughs> for for your like comedy silly movie. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like it, especially, typically, especially typically, looking back. Oh yeah, but like you just look at the fucking cover of this, and you're like, oh look at that, Rick Moranis, lovely old Rick Moranis, mm-hmm. such a great dude. He's a swell guy. Yeah, like like the, totally the dude that you would get in a movie, Big Bully, who would have played the nerd who mm-hmm. you know was bullied and picked on or whatever. I totally get that. Which quick side note, the actor that they got to play young. Rick Moranis yeah. was fucking spot on. Like, yeah. I'm sure that kid grew up to look like Rick Moranis. Yeah. Like, what, it's incredible. Even funnier, 
This is the second time he played young Rick Moranis. That's amazing. Right? I don't recall. He was in the trivia somewhere, but he's like, he pl- <laughs> in, like the year or two before he played in a movie where he played young Rick Moranis. And they were just like, well, yeah, you just keep getting that kid because he looks fucking just like him. Yeah. Like, <laughs> totally makes sense. And it's not Rick Moranis' kid? Yeah, it's not. So that's, that's yeah, even right? Even more amazing. Wild. <laughs> um, <clears throat> so you have Rick Moranis, and then opposite him, is like one of the most like divisive and seemingly to most audiences mm-hmm. like repellent comedic actors of the 90s. Mm-hmm. The kind of guy who when you're like, oh, he's in this, mm-hmm. you're like, oh, then I don't know about that. Yeah. Tom Arnold. Yeah. Rick Moranis and Tom Arnold. Whoa. I that's so strange to me. You know what I mean? Like there's, it, it would be like a movie. Oh my God, there is a movie with that. I literally just, <laughs> I, I just put, I put two people together and I was like, oh, wait a minute. That's just Encino Man. Cause I was like, it would be like if you put Brendan Fraser next to Pauly Shore or something. And it's like, oh shit, wait a minute. That movie exists. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it was literally in my, I was like, I was straight up. I was like, oh yeah, like Brandon Fraser, Polly Shore. Fuck, I've seen that movie a hundred times. It's Encino Man. Um, <laughs> but legitimately though, like thankfully in that movie, uh, Polly Shore is sort of more the side character and it's really more about Brandon Fraser and Sean Astin and that works because Sean Astin's also a treasure. Uh, but in this case, all you get, Rick Moranis, Tom Arnold. Oh man. What did what did Rick Moranis do to deserve this? Right. <laughs> and it's even sadder when you read that it's like, yep, and then this was the last movie he was in before his self-induced like hiatus to to raise his family and all that junk. Oh. Right? What a fucking oh. bummer of a last role to have. Like I've heard he's gonna be in some stuff. He's mm-hmm. he's got some things brewing, so it won't be like the last thing he ever does. Yeah. Uh but still a huge bummer because for what? 20 something years it was the last thing he ever did yeah right and oh that's my God. oh man that is a real kick in the junk but this oh my god this fucking movie it is hilarious <laughs> how my viewing experience turned out with this movie <laughs> because i wound up only being able to watch like an hour of it it's only an hour and a half long mm-hmm. i was only able to watch about an hour of it and then i had to go do some shit and i was like okay i can't watch the, the next half hour i'll have to do that later and it is astounding how basically <laughs> at the hour mark, it completely flips the script on what's going on and like the tone that they're going for seemingly <laughs> where it used to be just this like super silly, like kids movie thing. And then it turns into the black comedy that it's described mm-hmm, as mm-hmm. here, um, which it, like immediately I was suddenly like, oh my God, this is the movie. Yeah. You know, like, it's, <laughs> this should have been it from the go. I don't understand why they waited so long to get there. You know, it's wild to I, me. It's, yeah. it's, it's insane that a movie can be so fucking basic for so long <laughs> of its runtime and then suddenly get to an idea that's like, oh, that should have been the idea this whole time. Because, like, the whole first hour is basically just, like, setting this up. Mm-hmm. It's like backstory, essentially. I couldn't believe how long that opening flashback went. Right? I literally wrote down, oh, it's still going. Uh-huh. I was like, when are we flashing back? Like, when are we going forward to now when they're adults mm-hmm. and we're done with this kid's shit? Because it just took too long. There's too much setting up shit that doesn't matter. Yeah. Like jokes that didn't really pay off were yeah, the I being mean, set up. Yeah, like they like like his friend with the fire and stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the appara- apparently the whole joke is just that like the kid who loves fire becomes a fireman. It's like of course he does. Yeah, and it's just like, okay, that's all right, great. I was mm-hmm. expecting that to come in handy, and the only way that it sort of does is right at the very end and it really doesn't actually he he didn't have to be driving a fire truck for that end scene to happen yeah you know what i mean he could have just been driving his own like pickup truck and been like oh hey i see you i'll help you out uh-huh. you know there's no reason for him to be a fireman other than the gag of like he used to like fire a lot when he yeah. was a kid and he, he still does i yeah, guess clearly still yeah does. he's still lighting things on fire at the table like th- that that joke landed to me <laughs> when he yeah. just lights that piece of paper on fire and everyone at the table is like what are we do we just let this happen or what do we do about it? And they put it out. Um, but yeah, like the whole setting up of his childhood and all of his childhood friends and, you know, all that stuff is like, isn't this about the bully? Mm-hmm. Isn't this about him and the bully? Why are we doing more stuff than that? We don't yeah. need all this, all this setup. It's like the beginning of a Stephen King story, you know, where he's, it's, it's basically it. It's like a bunch of kids. There's the one black kid. The fact that that's a line in the movie, mm-hmm. Alan was the only black kid that we'd ever seen. 
well, okay, I get it, 1970s Minnesota. Yeah. That that's that's a, a likely thing to have happened. Just a weird detail to include in the movie. Mm-hmm. Either way, though. Uh, <laughs> to, I mean, that's basically the plot of the movie, though, is about the kid and uh, and the bully. I'll read the thing from IMDb, but it's, it's exactly what you think. <clears throat> a writer returns to his hometown where he faces the childhood nemesis whose life he ultimately ruined. Only the bully wants to relive their painful past by torturing him once again. Yeah. Yeah. Um, the ruining of the life thing is is such a funny detail to me because, like, he didn't, like, frame him. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, he, he, it's... it's he, he just... He's the one that turned him in. Yeah. And like, it's, like, in the end, like, okay, yeah, so all that other shit happened, and his parents left, and he went to an orphanage. Like, that's and all on that. your parents. Yeah, legitimately. You can't, lay that, you can't lay that on the hands of a kid who is getting mercilessly bullied. Seriously. You know? Like, just uh, nonstop bullying mm -hmm. by this fucking kid like i have no sympathy i'm sorry it's a uh, it's yeah. tough but like fuck it i have sympathy for the kid getting bullied asking if he can just wait till tomorrow to be punched so that he can <laughs> oh have... yes we could finally have a picture yeah that like... didn't have him being beaten up that was a weird tone for the movie to set at the beginning which i guess is maybe a little bit more black comedy than i was like thinking but yeah it was still just odd to me that it was that like why the fuck are these why why is his mom more mad at him for getting a black eye on picture day than she is about the kid giving her kid black eyes. Yeah. Like, is that, is that about the parenting back then? Or is there some, cause like that just seems, that just seems fucked up. Like, I don't understand that. Like that, that's not a modern sensibility, right? To, yeah. to be upset. I, that's some kids beating up your kid. Like, is that not I, just universal? I don't know. I, I would hope so. <laughs> yeah. Like, is there you know. some newfangled thing or is like, I mean, obviously <laughs> there's the worst parents in the world have existed at some time. So surely there are ones who are like, why are you getting your ass kicked? You pussy. But like, that's yeah. different than being like, oh, you ruined the picture. Mm -hmm. <laughs> like what? The, yeah. the kid ruined his face. I don't know, and that ruined your picture. So maybe blame that kid. I don't know. He didn't black his own eye. Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, it's not like he's punching himself in the face. Yeah. Well, once again, that whole opening sequence goes on for far too long. They could have mm -hmm. they could have condensed the shit out of all of that. Oh yeah, including the <laughs> just looking at my notes. Man, this flashback is still going. <laughs> um, like they go all the way through. Like there's the cave at the top of Vermilion Falls and the red rock that no one goes past. And you're just like, God damn it! Mm -hmm. Like you just you it's it's it's. It's just like scaffolding. You could see it so obviously. Like, oh yeah, and then that's gonna, and at the end, there's gonna, they're gonna go past that, hundred uh percent. -huh. Yeah, that's where the movie's ending now. Since he didn't go past it now, then that's what's gonna happen. Uh -huh. Like easy, easily predictable shit like that. Um, the oh man, I don't know. I I feel bad for Rick Moranis for having to have said this line out loud because he's saying it from the perspective of his like ten year old self. But he was still an adult man saying these words into a microphone. <laughs> and so that's that's just super weird. But when the girl, when Victoria, the girl that he, mm -hmm. you know, is all cute that he likes and all that walks past, the voiceover says, mm. she was 10, but built like a 12-year-old. I just wrote, oof. Ick. That is icky. That's so bad. <laughs> like, oh my God. I Again, I understand the perspective is 10 mm -hmm. years old on 10 years old looking at each other. But like, no, you don't do that. That's weird. It's it's not funny. Yeah. You know, like it's not a particularly funny joke. So like, I guess it you can just, probably like, cut it. It's just if, icky. If you, if you absolutely, for whatever reason, need to have that joke <laughs> in the movie, like have the kid say it to his friend. Yeah, like, exactly. Damn, she's 10, but she's built like she's 12. Yeah, like that's like, at least a little bit better than having it sound like he's wistfully recalling this <laughs> this 10-year-old. Right? <laughs> Which like, is like, uh, it's, it's, it's weird. It's, so... it's very weird. Weird mm. way to start your movie. Mm. Weird way to introduce your protagonist. Right. <laughs> like he gets beat up, but he's also kind of <laughs> Yeah, he's also being creepy. Yeah, a little bit. I don't know. Victoria is a whole other ball of wax in this movie <laughs> like it's it's uh it, it is the epitome of that like i'm sure 80s as well but it felt like it was really prevalent in the 90s that whole thing where it's just like and then for some reason there's this lady who throws herself at the guy 
you know, where there's mm-hmm. no, there's, they don't even bother with a meet cute or like yeah. any, any actual specific connection. It's just literally like, oh, hey, I remember you from like 20 years ago or whatever when we were both elementary school students in this town. Mm-hmm. And then you left and you were gone forever and we've never talked to each other again. Uh, but Facebook uh, doesn't exist. Yeah, exactly. There's no Facebook <laughs> or fucking cell phones and shit. Uh, so we're just going to immediately connect and have chemistry again because the movie really wants it that way mm-hmm. you know and it's like why why is she doing this who is she what is what is her deal what is her life like it's like oh no she's, oh, no, no, no. she's been pining for her fourth grade crush yeah and that's about it apparently because yeah. i don't recall i mean i guess she works at the school oh yeah she says she's the sex ed teacher mm-hmm. um which I is also sex like mm, yeah what an awkward way to put that lady please phrase don't, it differently. yeah don't say you're teaching kids sex that's yeah <laughs> <laughs> you're barreling towards a misunderstanding mm-hmm. um but yeah like okay fine but like just remembering him from ages ago it's like they didn't seem like there was actually a thing back then you know like they make the joke fucking like Ulf or whatever turns to him when they're kids and she walks by and he's like you see that look she was giving you i didn't mm-hmm. did you I, I didn't mean, particularly see anything that made it seem like she cared that he was even there. I she, I thought it was a joke. I thought the gag was like, hey, you know, you know, like that they're yeah. fucking with him, <laughs> you know. And then he's just, you know, like, oh, but I'll I'll still find a way to get her one day. One day she'll notice me. And it's then then they're adults, and it's just like, oh, hey, look, I noticed you. Yeah. Here's some here's some you know some dates and junk for just just cause. Yeah. You know, like because <sighs> you're you're back in town, and why the hell not? Yeah, I mean that's the thing is like if it was that, I would almost be cool with it. Yeah, <laughs> you know, like but it's it's really it's just like oh no, yeah, this is here's true love mm-hmm. for some reason mm-hmm. somehow it just happens to happen. Um, I also got like uh, geographical whiplash from the beginning of this movie because <laughs> fucking of course it you know it starts in Minnesota with him as a kid and him getting bullied mm-hmm. by mm-hmm. by Fang or Ross, as he is known as an adult, when Tom Arnold plays him, more yep. so. And he's this big, fat bully who, you know, torments him and pees in his juice and all that kind of stuff. And he, uh, he's he got a, a fang, so that's why they call him Fang, which leads to one of the most on-the-nose lines in, like, the history of mm-hmm. movies at the end that I literally groaned at, literally, out loud, as soon as it <laughs> happened. I was like, I can't believe yeah. They really went and did that. <laughs> oh, Jesus. Uh-huh. Um, but he's the, the like, bully uh, who, you know, makes Dave's life miserable. Mm-hmm. For some reason, I couldn't get a handle on it if I wanted to call him Dave or David. I changed it, like, every single time I wrote a note in my, in my I... phone. Because it just felt like different people called him different things all the time, which obviously is a thing that happens. So oh, it's yeah. not like I'm, like, critiquing it. Yeah. It was just, like, every other note. Like I said, it's like, Dave, Dave, David, Dave, David. <laughs> like, every, it seems like it changes every fucking note. But he's making his life hell. A moon rock comes to the school they're doing like a tour of a moon rock a rock found on the moon that they're bringing all the schools for everyone to see mm-hmm. which uh fang steals and then dave turns him in for stealing it yep and he sees him getting arrested as he's moving out of town mm-hmm. and he's basically just like fuck y'all like i'm leaving this Peace. shitty town that dick got arrested this rocks and he goes <laughs> and he moves to oakland to oakland Then it just immediately jumps to him as an adult with his own son Mm -hmm. and no wife. And they're in Oakland. And then like five minutes later in the movie, they're moving back to Minnesota. Yeah, (laughs) It was just so like, oh my, wait, hold on. Wait, wait a minute. (laughs) It was just so fast how quickly there's three separate moves or whatever. Um, But he has a book and they really don't go into it much. Him being an author is kind of non-consequent it doesn't really matter (laughs) to the whole endeavor uh it basically is just there to give all those jokes about stephen king at the beginning Mm -hmm. (laughs) where everyone would prefer to read stephen king yeah and then the only way that he gets someone interested in what his book is about is to lie and say that it's basically just pet cemetery (laughs) Mm -hmm. but different (laughs) yeah but different um either way though it was like okay so he's he's not that great of an author but he is an author so he's like done his thing Mm -hmm. you know like as a kid he wants to be a writer and then it's like okay well now he's a writer 
And it doesn't seem like he, you know, it's not like he's like a, a starving artist either because he can make the move to Minnesota. Yeah. You know, there's an, he gets a new house in Minnesota. Like everything seems fairly cool for him. Mm-hmm. So him going back at the behest of this letter is really all about the sun. Yeah. Uh, which is a shame how much of this movie is hinged <laughs> on that fucking character, Ben. Ben's the worst. Mm-hmm. He has the stupidest 90s haircut in the world. The part <laughs> where he's making fun of Rick Moranis for wearing the cowboy outfit and being like, you look embarrassing while he looks like he does. Yeah. Is like, kid. <laughs> There's only one embarrassing person in this scene, and it's not Rick Moranis. Rick Moranis is adorable in everything. Um, but legitimately, like he's hysterical in that cowboy outfit. Oh, yeah. And he totally should have left the hat on. I don't know what that kid was talking about. But his kid's a shitty bully. And that's like an interesting dynamic mm-hmm. that the movie, it does play with it. It's a part of the movie. Yeah. It's just that like, it doesn't seem like David does anything about it. Because he's a pushover and never stands up for himself or like really intervenes or seemingly <laughs> or enforces parents, child. <laughs> rules. Yeah. Yeah. He's just like that scene where he's just going like it's the scene after he learns that Ross works at the school with him mm-hmm. and then he's all terrified and he's just sitting in the in the living room and everything. And Ben is just like going out. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, are you going to go out? And he's like, no, no, I'm just I'm just going to hang out here. You know, like he's like simply at the idea that this Ross guy is out there. Yeah. You know, which is just so like he he's I mean, obviously, that's part of the movie. That's part of the whole deal mm-hmm. is that he's still traumatized from that and going back home and re, you know, facing this bully is this huge thing in his life. It's just that I don't care. Yeah. I'm not particularly invested in David because he doesn't really do much. Like I'm invested in him because he's Rick Moranis and that's kind of where it ends. Yeah. You know, like I don't, I don't give a shit if he's a good (laughs) teacher. I kind of don't give a shit if he has a great relationship with his kid, you know, like his story is not that interesting. No, I'm way more interested. Surprisingly, like going into the movie, I was expecting it to just be like, oh, yeah, and it'll be Rick Moranis and it'll probably be charming as shit, you know, <laughs> and it'll be super easy to be like, oh, yeah, take that, Tom Arnold. And then I found myself far more interested in the character of Ross, uh, even though I think it did it stupidly in a lot of places. <laughs> but the concept that this guy, you know, because he goes to some Reformation school or whatever after he gets caught stealing the the rock and it's essentially yeah. prison. Yeah. You know, like he goes with kids who are murderers and stuff and he's there because he stole a fucking rock. So like mm-hmm. he winds up as a fairly like repressed adult, mm-hmm. which I thought was really cool. Yeah. Like like going into that situation where it's, you know, he hears his name, you know, and he sees the fang on his tooth and he realizes who this dude is mm-hmm. and he's all fucking terrified of it. But he's just like, hi there. How you doing? Yeah. I'm Ross. You know, and you're like, okay, this is kind of interesting. And then there's that bit later where, you know, I mean, it's so weird to talk about because I don't, <laughs> it, the, the plot is so not really there. It's yeah. just like there's a few pranks mm-hmm. that get pulled. David kind of looks crazy. <clears throat> and then that last half hour happens. And yeah. it's like, whoa, holy shit. Like, all the rest of it seems so non, like, nonsensical now. Yeah, like, what like was the, the point of all of that? The kids are able to get past their bullshit. Like, Ben yeah, super stops easy, being a bully, invites Kirby over, which I fucking love Kirby. He was great. <laughs> he was pretty good. Like, the kid himself was pretty good. Like, yeah. For being as small as he was. Because he's a pretty little kid. Mm-hmm. Uh, he was surprisingly effective. <laughs> yes. Also, another quick side note. Uh, one of the other bullies, the other one with the, like, just, like, the shag yeah. haircut, uh, he grows up to be Ephraim Brown in uh, Everwood. <laughs> okay <laughs> good to and, know yeah fun fact uh yeah all those all those 90s bullies looked hilarious to mm-hmm. me. it was very funny mm-hmm. uh also obviously you get don Knotts very briefly as yes. the fucking principal uh he only really had one bit that kind of made me laugh which was a shame because i was hoping he would have more but it's it's where he just he he calls david dennis mm-hmm. he's like dennis and he's like uh david and he's like i don't care and yeah. then and then moves on with what he's what he's talking about um, but yeah, he's pretty good. But truthfully, though, Tom Arnold playing this guy the way that he does at first, you're like, 
is David going to make him relapse into being a bully? Mm-hmm. You know, like that's, I mean, that's kind of what I had like, hoped was going to happen. You know, and then they kind of play with it with him just being like, oh, I haven't felt this good in years. I'm really happy to be bullying you. This is so much fun. Like all of that shit, the like stupid, like I put olive oil on the floor and you slipped and mm-hmm. I'm shooting peas at you and all like, that kind of took bull- the spring out of your chair. Yeah, like all those dumb little pranks and stuff is like, this is like, this is the kid's shit. This is for fucking babies. This mm-hmm. is just like. Okay, great. So now the wimpy kid is now a wimpy adult, and the bully kid is now a bully adult, and now they're just doing that same thing, but now they're adults, so that's supposed to be extra funny for some reason. Yeah. And, like, this is so fucking dumb. And then it gets to that point. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because, like, the whole time they're still sort of hanging this thing over, like, it's 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 the sort of whatever, Damocles or whatever, that's hanging over the head of this movie where it's like, David is, you know, quotes, responsible for Ross going to this like reform school thing. Mm-hmm. So it would have been way more interesting to me if they like met each other and like tried to be friends. You know what I mean? Yeah. More so than it becoming a bully situation where they're like, okay, yeah, and we'll we'll try to be buds and we'll try, you know, and maybe David is like really leery of the things that Ross is doing, but they turn out to be like actually friendly and like fun. And he's yeah. like actually trying to be his friend, but he like kind of can't trust him, but he wants to. And then you hit that moment on the the seesaw (laughs) Mm -hmm. where it really fucking shoots everything off into the stratosphere. Yeah. Because, like, them already being bullies makes David's decision to reveal he was the one who got him arrested and ruined his life. It just makes him the stupidest man on the planet. Right. For telling him that. And I was like, why would it come out this way? Mm -hmm. It only makes sense for it to come out either, like, accidentally or if they're being buds and David thinks he can finally, you know, relieve himself mm-hmm. of this guilt and be like, hey, now that we're friendly, I just have to admit something to you. And if that snapped the bully side back <laughs> into his brain and then he goes nuts so berserk like he does. Yeah. <laughs> because in the case of this movie, like as you're watching it, you're like, OK, this guy's clearly unhinged. Mm-hmm. He clearly wants to do bad things to you. Yeah. There's that ridiculous fucking sequence where, like, they show him at home and his, like, wife yells at him and his kids don't listen to him. And then he bullies David a bit. And then he goes home and suddenly he's super dad. Yeah. Who's like, oh, kids, you stop doing those things. You go to bed. Your mom and I are going to take a nap. Get out of the house. You know, I'm throwing the TV in the fucking lake. I mean, that is more manic. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, But either way, though, he, like, suddenly takes charge. And that's when he's telling David that, like, oh, I've never felt this good in years. Like, you've given me my life back. Like, this is what I'm good at is, like, being a bully. And it's like, yeah, okay. That's kind of interesting, but I much would have preferred the other way yeah. where he becomes his buddy, you know, because mm-hmm. truthfully, in the end, it's like uh, he's he doesn't have that bad of a life. Yeah. You know, and they they bring that up at the end, you mm-hmm. know, like, oh, you know, Ross, you, you did pretty good, even though, you know, when they try to get all sappy and saccharine yeah. right before the end of the movie, <laughs> because, I mean, if you're going to go as balls crazy as they kind of do. Like, embrace the darkness of the end of the movie and don't make it so fucking lame and right. such a cop-out. That was weak. I Like, with 10 minutes left, I literally wrote down, like, I don't know what's going to fucking happen in these last 10 minutes. And <laughs> I am on the edge of my seat because it has just kept getting crazier, this last, like, chunk of the movie. I was like, this is going to get fucking nuts. And then it... Told you. And then it, but then it doesn't. And yeah. then it kind of, like, rant. This kind of ends, and I was like, oh, man, I was hoping for something really fucking crazy. Yeah. Considering, like, the trajectory we were on. I, I was hoping Ulf found something, and it was just going to keep going. <laughs> yeah, just, oh, man, it would have been wild. <laughs> um, But, like, him being a crazy asshole to David this whole time, him being like, ah, you know, he's kind of baited into telling him. You know, mm-hmm. cause he's like, you're a wimp. You'd never stand up for yourself. And he's like, well, I'm the one who turned you in, you know. And it's like, ah. That's a crappy way to drop that bomb. Yeah. You know, like that should be the like the thing, mm-hmm. the like bully snap moment where it's like, okay, well, back then I just bullied you like a kid would, but now you've ruined my life and now come back into a life that I thought I had kind of figured out mm-hmm. and you fucked it up again. <laughs> like that would send someone over the edge and that would make an actual like dark black comedy if he goes like completely nuts. Yeah. Which again, he kind of does. A little bit, yeah. A little bit. Like, it's it's so weird to me because it does go so full balls crazy, but it's like, but you're just not balls enough. There's just that little extra push 
that you could have used. You weren't like, quite I, to the peak. Yeah, like obviously, spoilers, whatever. The, yeah. the order of things is whatever. Uh, but I wrote down right towards the end, <clears throat> this movie should end with Ross dying in the falls. Mm-hmm. You know, like the second that the chase took them out of the school and into the woods. And then it was like, oh, well, they mentioned the waterfalls earlier. So that's where they're going. Mm-hmm. He's obviously going to run past that red rock. The only way this fucking ends in my mind is with full on Ross falling over the falls to his death. Yeah. Like that's how this has to go. Because truthfully, <laughs> in the school, he was going to murder David. Yeah. Like that seemed like the whole plan was to murder David. Very much so. <laughs> Cause like obviously he lights the rope on fire, which is like that will kill him yeah. when he falls from that height because of the fire. Uh-huh. Like the fire won't kill him because it'll burn him and he'll probably let go. And then he'll fall to the ground and crack his skull and die. Yeah, or the rope will burn up and he'll fall. (laughs) Yeah, and break and he'll die. Yeah. Either way, falling to his death from that rope. Exactly. Uh, Also fucking shooting nails at him out of a pneumatic nail gun. Uh Uh, Even though he does the whole, like, I'm going to shoot a silhouette around you. It's like, yeah, but you're clearly... Very skilled. Yeah, you're clearly (laughs) on the way to the murder, right? Uh Like. That whole sequence of him turning on the crazy, uh, all, all the different like industrial things while he's chasing around the room and telling mm-hmm. him his backstory about going to that child prison and shit. Yeah. I was like, this is a horror movie. This has finally turned into the horror movie I had hoped it would be, like in that like ironic <laughs> sense. Like, this sounds like the plot of a movie that would be better as a horror movie. Yeah. And then it's like, oh, it, it almost goes there. You <laughs> wish it would have gone further. You know, but what Rick Moran is fucking running through the halls of that school is when I wrote down, like, this has far more in common with Halloween H2O than I expected it to. <laughs> Being chased around a school by a homicidal maniac. Right. <laughs> it just It's just that it's, it's just, Tom yeah. Arnold. Yeah. <laughs> Replace Tom Arnold in Halloween H2O, same movie. Also, why was it not until he was in a cave that David thought to call the cops? Oh. Like. <laughs> yeah. I mean, I always like it's funny because it's like I feel like it's like a retrospective kind of cushion that I give to older movies where I'm just like, oh, this is an old movie. So no cell phone. So, okay, And I don't even think about like, well, you could do it another way. (laughs) You know, like you could find a landline or something like Like, you're in a school. There's phones in schools. Definitely. Unless Tom Arnold cut all the power, (laughs) which is hard to say if he did or not. Uh, I mean, mean, he might have cut the phone lines and not the power. This is true. Very different. But yeah, I always just think like, oh, yeah, they don't have a cell phone, so they're dead. Mm -hmm. They're just going to die. Yeah. Because that's that's what happened to everybody before cell phones is Mm -hmm. that you just got easily murdered because you couldn't call a cop. Yeah. No, no working phones and all of the doors are chained shut. Yeah. I thought that was weird. Tom Arnold's choice. I I thought he did that on purpose. But then I'm like, well, I mean, he didn't know that David was going to reveal that he sent him to jail. Yeah. So that must just be how they lock up these old schools. <laughs> I guess. <laughs> Which is like so strange. Crazy. Yeah. It's like, do those doors not just have locks? Right. Why wouldn't they just have locks? Yeah. I don't get it. And like, <laughs> aren't there like security bars you can get instead? Totally. There's definitely ways that you can not have to chain your doors shut at night. <laughs> I mean, it seems super weird. Also, it just seemed weird that he couldn't get out of that fucking school. I don't right. get it. Like, why, is there not a front door? Why is every door chained shut? You know what I mean? Like, there's no just regular door out of this school. They're all double doors that can get chained shut by the handles. Like, (laughs) what the fuck? That seems like a problem. Tom Arnold was blocking all of the single door (laughs) exits, apparently. Yeah, when he chased him with a torch. Mm -hmm. Like, chasing with a torch, the pneumatic nail gun, like, the whole thing. You know, like, just chasing him up to the falls. Yeah. Like, chasing him at all. Yeah. (laughs) Through the woods into a cave. Yeah, like I and, and I think that's that's it's <laughs> another thing that like I guess they kind of touch on if you know touch on means like they sort of do it twice so that you can see that <laughs> they did it once and they're doing it again. David never seems to feel guilt for what he did to Ross as a kid until his friends start talking about it and they're like nobody deserved what happened to Ross. Yeah. And then he's like, oh, no, uh, now I feel bad about it. But it's not like it was guilt he was living with since he was a child. Because mm-hmm. he was celebrating as oh, yeah. he left town. Oh, yeah. So he, he probably left feeling really great that he finally got that piece of shit locked up. So I this mean, guilt he might be feeling is very new yeah. <laughs> for what happened to Ross. But then after the fight on the falls, 
after David gets inspiration from the toy that Ross threw into the river 20 years ago, somehow mm-hmm. still being there to inspire him. Like, oh, awesome. Mm-hmm. Great. Lucky for him. But like once all that happens and then Ross gets knocked off the fucking falls. And then despite the line being hilarious, <clears throat> him going to the police and saying, <laughs> open up, you idiots. I'm a murderer is like, what? That was self-defense all the way. You are not a murderer at all. And I don't understand why you would think that. Yeah. Like, I would understand being freaked out Mm -hmm. and feeling maybe very guilty about the fact that, like, oh, God, he's probably dead. But to be like, oh, God, I'm a murderer. Like, no, because murder would imply that you had, like, intent ahead of time. Mm -hmm. Like, this is clear. Like, you would not be trying to knock him off these falls if he had not chased you into the school. Yeah. You know, like if he had just been able to be like, oh, well, so you're the one who turned me in. Well, I don't think we can work together. I think you should probably leave then because (laughs) I don't like you, David. If he had had a rational reaction to it, there's no death at the waterfall. Right. You know, so it's like, this is not your fault at all. Mm -hmm. But then when he talks with Art, Jeffrey Tambor, he who is so fucking good in this <laughs> in his like very small role, but easily the most memorable. Mm-hmm. His was mm-hmm. the best character in the whole thing. I can't believe that they wrote a character that funny in a movie this like. <laughs> um, but when he talks to him, he's like he gives him that whole spiel about like, you know, perspective and how it's like, you know, everything that happens, you know, you see it one way and as everyone else sees it a different way. And you see this as you being a murderer, but that doesn't mean that you're a murderer, mm-hmm. you know, and all that kind of stuff. And I, I, it felt like they were trying to tie it into the whole thing of like, Oh, and you know, we're feeling guilty for turning him in, even though he's the one who did the bad thing. Yeah. And then like, Oh no, I'm a murderer. But you know, he was the one who chased you up here. It was like, okay, that's, I mean, I get that, but it still seems dumb that David would think he's a murderer for that. Like, mm-hmm. he advanced on you. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you're standing at the top of a waterfall holding a stick out, like, stay away from me. And he's like, well, here I come. And mm-hmm. it's like, dude, yeah, you don't have a choice there. <laughs> like, like, take it easy on yourself, little buddy, is what yeah. I'm saying. But the, <laughs> the, 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 the speech with art i mean just the dialogue with art that (laughs) sequence is probably my favorite scene in the whole movie it is easily the Mm. best scene in the whole movie Mm -hmm. just like walking up to art at like midnight out in his yard pruning bushes yeah he's just like art do you ever sleep and he's just like, actually, you know, doing your lawn work in the in the nighttime is a better way to do it. And he goes on his whole big explanation about it or whatever. <laughs> and then he gets the best, like, bomb drop line. Rick Moranis being like, Art, I've done something terrible. And he just goes, you killed the shop teacher. <laughs> just straight up. He's mm-hmm. just like, I know what's happened here. I yeah. get it. Yeah, I totally understand. <laughs> he's just like, what? It's <laughs> like, yeah, oh, yeah, totally. I mean, everybody knows that you guys are a little older. And, uh, you know, it just makes sense. I mean, I remember the first time I tried to kill Betty. And then he's just like, what? You tried to kill Betty? And he's like, it's just, it's just, it just, you know, it happens. And it's just like the casual reveal mm-hmm. that art next door is like a homicidal lunatic. <laughs> Yeah, because that was just the first time he tried. Yeah, exactly. And this, this, this is why I was so like, <laughs> I have no fucking clue where this is going because it's this was like twelve minutes left. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, <laughs> so we've just introduced this. Yeah, like anything is on the table at this point. And then he goes into his house where, like, in that in in like a hilarious, uh, like Coen Brothers esque like fate circling in on itself kind of thing is like oh and it turns out that your son got you know back together oh, that sounds weird got you know they he, he made amends <clears throat> with ross's kid and invited him over for a sleepover so the man you just murdered you walk into your house and there's his kid and he just goes like oh <laughs> it's like this is getting fucking crazy i cannot wait to see where this goes because i was like is it just gonna be him like for the rest of his life like oh like i don't i have no idea where this is gonna go like he already talked to ulf about it and ulf is gonna go fish the body out of the reservoir or whatever like and then like go and like burn it or something yeah like he's gonna take care of it and everything and you're just like this is fucking great how hysterical would it be like at that point i was thinking like shit dude i don't i don't know where you would find the time and maybe just get rid of all the stupid pranks and shit like you you gotta carve those out to make time for it but like if you had been if you had set up the friends a little bit more earlier and then end it with like and then all the friends get together to bury the body of this bully that they murdered like you know secretly Mm -hmm. all together murdered like a (laughs) 
like I know what you did last summer style. Like nobody says a word. We throw them in the lake, you know, like that kind of thing. Like that could have been hysterical. Mm -hmm. But that's kind of where that whole thing ends is Ulf being like, I'll take care of it. And then he yeah. leaves. And then that's the end of it. Uh, yeah, we don't see him again. Yeah. And then, of course, and then he's laying in bed, like tossing and turning. And I'm just like, all right, all right, movie. What's your next move? Where's this going? And then it's just like, oh, Tom Arnold's here. He's alive, as I figured. I wrote down, I was like, he fell off the cliffs, and it looks like he's dead, but he's clearly not. Yeah. There's too much time left. <laughs> uh, and then he's there in the room, and he's all wet, and, you know, obviously he pulled himself out of the water and mm -hmm. walked over here to murder David, and, uh -huh. like, now they're going to do that. Because he's a horror movie homicide yeah, maniac. Yeah, because he's a big, giant monster man. Like, they start playing horror music. <laughs> like, when yeah. he's just doing stuff. Like, uh -huh. he's literally just in his shop starting work on something with like wood and it's like ding, 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 ding. And i'm like what he's just he's just woodworking unless he's a maniac and then it, it just turns out he is um <laughs> but like he's back and then he like again tries to murder david now in his own bedroom mm -hmm. um with his son and david's son yeah downstairs yeah. hanging out which that's the thing though is at the end of the scene he's surprised that the kids are there yeah. And I thought to myself, I was like, well, duh, that's how he got in, is that he came to the front door, and his kid was here, and he's like, oh, hey, how you guys doing? Having a sleepover? That's cool. I'm going to go see your dad. Yeah. Acting like everything's normal. But then he's like, oh, my God, my kid's here. And I'm like, how did you not know? Did you break in? Like, you snuck in the back door and didn't even notice? I mean, I guess I just possibly. it seemed like that would be the move, is especially just... if they were having a sleepover and it's already after midnight. <laughs> I you mean, you know, the kids would probably be asleep. Were they, though? I mean, asleep. Because, I mean, well, yeah, I was going to say, David's the one who just goes straight up to bed when he comes back in. Yeah, that's true. And he just leaves the kids in the living room. So, like, what does he know? They're staying up late watching TV. Either way, though, they have a big old fight, and they're choking each other on the bed. Mm, the and broken the, bed. Yeah. <laughs> and then the kids roll up. And they, of course, give the like, we made up. Why can't you guys? And then they just do. Uh-huh. Like, all of that is just thrown under the fucking, or not thrown under the bus. Water <laughs> under the bridge. That's the term. Thrown out the window? Thrown out the window into the bus under the bridge. I don't know. It's just <laughs> like, it was It was just insane that all of that shit happened. It was mm -hmm. like, by the way, I revealed that I ruined your life. Like, well, by the way, I'm going to murder you now, and I'm going to chase you. And then you're going to knock me off of the fucking waterfall and think you're a murderer. Mm -hmm. And you're going to come home, and I'm going to be here. And we're going to fight again. And then our kids are going to be like, why are you fighting? And you're going to be like, ah, well. I guess we don't yeah, have to. Yeah, I guess we could be buds now. Like, what? That's Wait. a bizarre fucking just like, yeah, like just slamming on the brakes for an ending. Just being uh -huh. like, oh, oh, actually, yeah, we'll just stop right here. Yeah. <laughs> We're friends now. I guess. If your kid can stop bullying my kid, I guess I can stop bullying you. I mean, that, that was the thing, too, is like him having a kid who is getting bullied you know, when his kid gives him that little poem about, you know, his friend and how uh -huh. terrible his friend is and all that. It's like, for one, heartbreaking. Right. Uh, but two, like, he has a little moment where he's like, it seems like he realizes. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, oh, man. But then he goes right back to bullying David and there's no change to his character yeah. at all. Yeah, I thought that was going to be a turning point. Yeah, you figure, like, what I thought it was going to be is that he was going to realize that he's being a dick and David was going to get pushed into being a bully because he's like fighting back now and they're going to realize how dumb each other is and how they dumb they were. And, you know, yeah. like, oh, now I'm the bully. And, you know, and then he's like, oh, and now I could see how you felt. Mm. And now we both realize, oh, we're being dumb. But it was like, oh, no, yeah. he's a lunatic who's going to chase you with fire. Yep. <laughs> yep. Yep. I mean, I guess the poem did help for a little bit. It wasn't until. Until he reveals the whatever. Yeah. I mean. I, Still, though, like when he goes and sits on the fucking seesaw with him. Yeah, that wasn't he's exactly not, friendly. Yeah, he was not coming to be like, hey, David, can we talk for a sec? Like, can mm -hmm. I can I maybe apologize to you or anything like that? He's just like, what do you want? And mm -hmm. then and then they get into an argument and then he drops that bomb on him. Mm -hmm. And it's just like, dude, guys, I mean, again, it's, <laughs> it's a stupid, silly movie <laughs> with a stupid ass premise. But like it could have been. <laughs> Sort of interesting. It could have been like a really weird, fucked up, dark movie. Yeah. You know, like, especially if there had just been, uh, like, the pranks were not enough. You know, like, yeah. like, the, like, the pranks themselves were just so, like, 
fart noise. You know, mm-hmm. like there was nothing to it. Like, oh, I took a spring out of your chair and you fell over. Mm-hmm. You know, I put some fucking like uh, shoe polish on your cup and it gave you a stupid smile mark on your face. Mm-hmm. Like that was funny because he's going to talk to the principal right after. Yeah. But like as a prank, it's like, this is baby stuff. What are we doing here? Mm-hmm. And then the fact that he he apparently did taint that juice that him and victoria were gonna drink at the dance Uh and then david he like all he does is knock the drink on her and she thinks he's an asshole and his son is like oh my fucking god dad yeah and literally says that he's gonna just go and try and find his mom Mm -hmm. like he doesn't even know where she is yeah but he's literally packing up his shit to go like hitchhike out to try to find his mom because he's so mortified Mm -hmm. and i was like nothing happened yeah he like, lit like he he spilled some juice. Yeah, and like it's there's no reason for Victoria to think he's such an asshole, and there's no reason for his kid to be as embarrassed as he is. Yeah, it's like this needed to be so much bigger. You know what I mean? Like this needed to be something where like where you know everyone's going around getting drinks, and then Ross reveals like you know slyly to David on the side like oh I don't think anybody should be drinking that you know and then David being like oh my god and like maybe running on stage mm-hmm. and like grabbing a microphone and be like everyone you're about to drink pee don't drink pee everybody and then they're like what the fuck is this that would embarrass the fuck out of a kid yeah but literally like oh I spilled and he's like fuck you dad yeah <laughs> you spilled a drink on, on, a the, lady. on the hot teacher's dress yeah and he's like i'm i'm dating hot teacher get the fuck out of here yeah. you know what i mean like i, I can, can sp- spill drinks on yeah, her I if i want spill whatever i want on her you little <laughs> son of a bitch like it, yeah it's very stupid <laughs> but like legit it needed to be way bigger and it uh, what i wanted as well is that I wished uh, I wish Ross was slyer about it, mm-hmm. you know, because he's I mean, for one, he's just so obvious yeah. and he's so childish about it. Like the fact that he literally just like sticks a foot out and trips him in the hallway uh-huh. and is like, ha ha. And then like chases him around the hallways. It's like everyone is seeing this. Yeah. How is this not a thing that people know? Mm-hmm. You know, the crazy ass uh, other teacher, the like Clark. spastic yeah, teacher who thinks that David's the crazy one yeah. on crack. Like, that would only work if Ross was not clearly doing this. Right. Like, you have to really try to not see what was <laughs> happening there. Uh, same goes for fucking uh, Principal Don Knotts at the end. Like, that scene really killed me. That was the last scene I watched before I had to cut it short. And I was just <laughs> like, this is, what the fuck is wrong with David? And not just in, like, a, his character needs to grow in his arc. But just like, this is a dumb character situation because this is a dumb movie mm-hmm. written poorly. Because mm-hmm. <clears throat> he goes in and he tells fucking uh, Principal Don Knotts that, like, he's been picking on me. Yeah. And he's like, uh, he's been picking on you? Can you explain? Start at the beginning. It's like, you're an adult, David. Say harass. Yeah, he is harassing me. And not just that, but the fact that David then says, like, it's hard to explain. And I go, is it? Yeah. Tell him that he flattened all your tires. Mm-hmm. That's a thing you can effectively point to and be like, look at the fucking tires on my car. People saw my car. Yeah. I didn't fucking do it. Ross admitted he did it. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like the fact that he has to be like, oh, well, I mean, he tainted the drinks. And of course, I don't have any proof of this. Like, yeah, again, he was flinging peas. I don't have any proof. Yeah. But I'm pretty like, sure. Again, the fucking tires. Mm-hmm. It's such the obvious thing. Like if, he, if it had been one tire. Then, then he, then there's plausible deniability. Then mm-hmm. there's like, hey man, you got a slow leak. I don't know what to tell you. It wasn't me. Yeah. But the fact that it was all four fucking tires is like, yeah, clearly somebody did this to you. Mm-hmm. Just such stupid movie writing where it's like you have this one nugget of an idea <laughs> that you don't even really run with, and it's just like surrounded by '90s fluff. Yeah. It's really like barely a movie, kind <laughs> of the movie. You know what I mean? Like. Oh, it's a shame. It really is. For They're... uh for uh for Rick. Yes, for Rick. Oh, not so much for Tom Arnold. No. <laughs> this is this is baseline for Tom yeah, Arnold. Yeah, this is this is fine. Uh, I, I actually loved the moment when the kid reads him the poem because he like walks out towards the dock and he's just like, Hey there, Kirby, how you doing? And he's like, I'm writing a poem. And he's like, All right, I'll leave you alone then. Yeah. <laughs> and he just turns to go back inside, like, I know I understand that this isn't Yeah. I'm no good at this. And he's just like, no, Dad, actually, I want you to come and hear it. And he's like, oh, oh, really? You know, and there's just something something about it that yeah. was that was like interesting. And again, if it if it had been a guy who had actually figured his life out 
and then David ruined it mm-hmm. way better than just being like, oh, you know what? I do like being a bully. Yeah. It's like, ah, uh, no, don't go that way. That's a lame mm-hmm. way to go. It just makes him seem like he's you know a stunted child, yeah. which he is, <clears throat> but that's not fun to watch. Yeah. That's, <laughs> that's not an interesting story to me. <laughs> also, like we had said earlier, though, that like almost last line of the movie was so on the nose and so like, really, I could not believe that they actually yeah. went there where it's just like, well, now that we're buds, mm-hmm. you know, like after our saccharine sweet speeches to each other about yeah. our lives and <laughs> shit, like I thought that was so silly too. Like, you know why I stole that moon rock? Because I wanted to be an astronaut. <sighs> Stupid dream. Guys like me can't be astronauts. And like, you could be anything you put your mind on. <laughs> Shut up. <laughs> Fuck you, movie. I hate that kind of shit. Uh, but then they go through all of that and whatever. And then Rick Moranis looks over to Tom Arnold and he goes like, huh, you chipped your tooth. And he's like, huh, Fang's gone. Get it? His, uh, his bully name was Fang. And now they're friends. Yeah. And now the Fang is gone. So Fang's gone. Mm-hmm. Guys, do you get it? It's a good movie. Mm-hmm. You see, it's a good movie. It's not a good movie. It's, <laughs> it's a bad not. movie. It's a terrible movie. Yes. Uh, I think my favorite bit, though, like, and it's the very end of the movie, so it's the best thing to land on. It's the fact that like the whole fucking thing, all of this goddamn craziness, like near death and like character assassination and, and like all of this craziness, like life ruining and altering shit all ends with like the most hilariously cheesy, triumphant handshake in the mm-hmm. history of cinema. There was... They like slow-mo into it. Like, here we go. Huge like, music yeah, swell. Huge fanfare oh going on. Like, God. how triumphant is this? <laughs> like, it's a handshake really? between two acquaintances. This right? is, not, this is <laughs> There's no business deal happening here. There's nothing yeah, crazy here. This is not the magical moment you think it is. Yeah, really. Like, it, he's inviting him to New York to be nice. He doesn't mm-hmm. want to hang out with Ross and yeah. his shitty kids. Are you kidding me? Uh, it's except, just Except maybe Kirby. Maybe. It was just such a hilarious handshake. Like, mm-hmm. that is the cheesiest handshake moment I think I've <laughs> ever seen in a movie. It is bonkers. Uh, yeah, yeah. Oh, my God. Oh, man. But uh, in the end, really bad movie. Really, really <laughs> a shame that this was Rick Moranis' last one before he uh, sort of took a break. Yeah. And hoping that he comes back and does at least one thing. Yeah. <laughs> so that this is not the last fucking thing he's ever in. Because holy shit. Little Shop of Horrors, too. There you go. <laughs> <laughs> Let's do it. Oh, man. But uh, I think that's going to wrap it up for popcorn for dinner for uh, this week. Yeah, we got one more week coming. Hopefully you'll figure out. I have some ideas already. (laughs) So it should be fun. This is Jeff. And Kelly. I read your book. Oh, you're the one. (laughs) 